your confidence. Have you ever lost your confidence? I think it was Jack Handy that once said, you can't lose your confidence if you don't have any. Think about it. A little truth there. Other people are, are loaded with confidence. They have tons of confidence. Like the guy that said, hey, man, I'm in shape. Round is a shape. You know, some people, they, they got confidence. Carmen Vertner hosted a conference on confidence two weeks ago. It was an outdoor conference. It followed community guidelines for social distancing, and she had a, a good conference. She has another conference scheduled Uh, The next one is not an outdoor conference. It is a Zoom conference this coming Tuesday on uh, on a Zoom call. So she's having a a conference on confidence. Now, the thing about this is Carmen is seven years old. Yeah, she's seven. She's getting ready to host her second conference on confidence. Carmen was talking to her mom recently, and in the conversation she told her mom that she knew girls who were made fun of because of the color of their skin, because of the style of their hair, because of some kind of disability they may have, or even just because they're a little bit different. And not longer after that conversation, she went to her mom and she handed her mom a handwritten invitation. It was a a letter to parents that was an invitation. She said, I want you to help me find a way to get this invitation to people's parents. And it was an invitation for her conference, which she is calling Confidently Beautiful. Nice. Here's just a a part of that handwritten invitation. Is your daughter not liking her for her? Like maybe she sees lots of white or brown girls and thinks, Oh, I'm not perfect like that girl. She is so pretty and I'm so ugly. I can meet with your daughter and make her like her for her. So, we will have a conference and have a talk. (laughs) Just own it. (laughs) Gotta love it. Incidentally, her Zoom conference on Tuesday is full. Packed. No more spaces available. This is what Carmen's mom said about her. She can definitely make you feel like you're the best thing in the world. And she does it with such a sweet soul that you have no choice but to believe her. We can all use a Carmen in our lives, right? When, when we're losing our confidence, we can all use a, a Carmen, someone who's going to build us up and encourage us and, and cheer us on. But what if we're talking about a different kind of confidence? What if we're talking about a confidence that's beyond just our looks and our abilities? What if we're looking for something to believe in when it seems like it's hard to find something to believe in? What if we're looking for something to believe in when it it seems like the world is completely falling apart? What if we need confidence in something bigger than ourselves? Well, there is a way for us to have confidence just like that. How? Let's see if we can find out. Listen to Psalm 46, verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. This psalm, this poem was written by a psalmist who was familiar with things like war, violence, injustice, political corruption, things like plagues and and pandemics and 
natural disasters, things like family conflict and personal tragedies. And in all the highs and lows of life, in all the back and forth, in all the change, in all the hardships and the heartaches and the difficulties, in all of those things, there was one thing that he had discovered. One thing that he couldn't shake. And that one thing is this. God was with him. God was with him. And not just any God. Not just some higher power, not just some mystical spiritual force, not a a Hindu river god or the golf gods or a superhero god created by a college art student. No, the, the psalmist was having confidence in the one true God, the Lord of hosts, the great I am the Lord of of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who was and is and is to come. That God was the God that was with him. His confidence was in the Lord of hosts. What does that mean? Well, it means the Lord of the armies. What does that mean? Which armies are we talking about? All of them. All of them. It means that the universe obeys the voice of God. The universe obeys the voice of God. Now, let's just be honest. That's a little hard for us to believe, right? I mean, it it sounds a little irrational, a little little ludicrous. I mean, this idea that anyone would obey anyone else's voice in 2020? That sounds like something from Cloud Cuckoo Land. Sure, we might be able to go a little ways into military life, right? Sure, we might see somebody obeying a voice there because, because you have to obey your commander. It's a, a way of life. It's, it's the only way things work. But out here in, in the normal world, where there's not this understanding of duty and command and obedience, We have parents that that many times can barely get their kids to listen to them, much less obey their voice, unless there's bribes of new video games and, and ring pops, right? So this notion that the entire universe obeys the voice of the God of the Bible, the Lord of heaven and earth, that that sounds a little out there to us. It's it's a struggle. But That is why we call it faith. Faith. Not blind faith. Belief in the God of the Bible is not blind faith. It is faith based on evidence. What kind of evidence? Historical, archaeological, practical, theological, scientific, metaphysical, you name it. It's all out there. Now, I'm not smart enough to to give details of of all those different evidences, but there are some amazing Christians out there that are smart enough, and they are giving details to those things. Just a a sampling you could find in, in my friend Jim Albright's book, Everything Says Glory. But faith in the God of the Bible is is not blind faith. But it is faith. It's believing 
in something. It's trusting in something. It's relying on something. It's, it's clinging to something. So, what are you believing in today? Where is your faith right now? Stephen Cole said this, A crisis does not make a person. A crisis reveals a person. In a time of trial, you turn to what you trust. So where are you turning? Where are you turning right now? What are you trusting in? Your job? The economy? Your yard work? Home improvement? TV, social media, video games, Netflix? Are you turning to sports or or exercise? Are you turning to the government? Are you turning to your family, your friends, or your opinions? What are you turning to right now? Now, none of those things that I mentioned are evil. But are they where you are turning first and most? In a time of trial, you turn to what you trust. So what are you trusting? Where are you turning? Where is your faith right now? Are are you turning to the truth of the Bible? Why is it that we as professing Christians, we, we seem to be able to remember all the stats of our favorite sports team's games from 20 years ago. We can remember random lines from movies. We can remember details of a a Revolutionary War battle. We can remember the details of how to rebuild a a six-speed transmission. But but for some reason, we, we seem to be distant or have a lack of capacity to remember or even desire to remember God's Word, the truth of the Bible. Now look, I'm I'm not trying to give us a guilt trip on reading the Bible. That's not it. I'm wanting to build our confidence. That's why we're live streaming. We aren't doing this to entertain you. That's why we have an online campus. We are are live streaming. We are Zoom Sunday School classing. We're post on on Facebook and Instagram. We're we're putting videos on our YouTube channel. We're we're doing all of this because we want to build your confidence. In the midst of all this chaos and all this craziness and all of the anger and the fear and the apathy, we want you to have a deeper confidence in God. That's why we do this. In times of trouble, you turn to what you trust. So where are you turning? Where are you trusting? Where is your faith today? The psalmist learned that no matter what was happening in his life, that he could always turn to the king of the universe. He could always turn to the one who is holy, holy, holy. Other, other, other. He could always turn to the Lord of hosts because he knew the Lord of hosts was with him. He knew it. He had experienced it. He didn't just know it as information, although he did know it as information. He knew that there were Christians of many years long past who had confidence in God. They had seen God prove himself over and over again. And the psalmist saw it too. And we can hear it and see it and know it 
and see it too. Someone might ask, well, how do I know God's with me? By faith. By faith. Not, not blind faith, but, but faith in the evidence and the proof and the existence of God. What He has done, what He is doing, what He has promised to do. By faith. Paul was giving some advice in the face of trials and and troubles, in the face of even death itself. And this was his advice, 2 Corinthians 5 or 6. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Now, bless his heart, Paul has lost his mind, right? Always of good courage? Does, Does he not know what's happening in our world right now? Does Paul not know what's happening in in our lives right now? Always of good courage? Listen, I've got to be honest. You know, shepherding my family and shepherding the church and and shepherding my extended family and friends and strangers during this time, I'm not 24 hours of good courage. I get beat down a little bit mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. But I don't have to stay beat down. I don't have to be there 24 hours a day. Why? Paul tells us, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's that's, that's the call in our lives. See, we're not supposed to be living primarily by what we see on social media or what we see on TV or what we read on the Internet. No, we're not supposed to be primarily working that way. I saw this week where the wife of a friend of mine got off of Facebook a year ago and, wait for it, she's still alive. She's okay. And, and she's not overwhelmed and, and bogged down with, with COVID statistics. And she's not overwhelmed and, and bogged down with, with links to candy games. And she's not overwhelmed and bogged down with links to TikTok videos. She's, she's not overwhelmed. She's, she's made it. Listen, I think social media is fantastic. It it is so helpful in so many ways. It's it's why we use it as a church. But you know what? I also think maple bacon donuts are fantastic. But I do not eat them on average of 4.5 hours a day because if I ate that many maple bacon donuts, it wouldn't be good for my body. So the the average time right now is is 4.5 hours of screen time for the average adult. Truthfully, I think it's probably higher than that, but let's just go with 4.5. And listen, 4.5 hours of downloading information from the world is not good for your body. It's not good for your mind. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your soul. We have not been called to walk by the sight of what we see on social media and the sight of what we see on TV, the sight of what we see on the Internet. We've been called not to walk, not to live, not to function by the sight of the updates to school. We haven't been called to live by the updates of the stock market. 
We haven't been called to live by the sights and sounds of our favorite talk radio host. We've been called to walk and to live and to function by faith. Not by sight, but by faith. By faith. It's not easy. It's, it's hard. But it's rewarding. Here's why. Because when we walk by faith, we've also been called to walk with courage. See, walking by faith increases our courage. Walking by sight will cause us to lose our confidence. So we walk with courage. Why do we do that? Paul tells us, verse 8, We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. In other words, if we've repented of our sin, if we've truly turned to Christ and we've been redeemed by Christ, then while we're alive on the earth, we have Christ. We have gained Christ. And when we are no longer alive on earth, we gain Christ all the more. This is the ultimate win-win. If we're in Christ here, we have Christ. When we're no longer here, we have Christ all the more when, when. About 2,800 years ago, there was a, a prophet named Elisha. The king of Aram was super angry at Elisha. In fact, so angry at him that he found out where he was, and he was in the, the city of Dothan. And, and the king sent all of his chariots and his soldiers and his horses to surround Dothan for the purpose of ambushing and killing Elisha. Now, Elisha had a helper, and his helper came running into the office one day, frantic. Elisha, Elisha, we, we got trouble right here in Dothan City. Trouble with a capital T. The king and his armies, they've surrounded us, and they're coming to kill us. Elisha didn't even lift his head. He, like, took a sip of his cappuccino, put it back down, and this is what he said to his helper. 2 Kings 6, verse 16. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's confidence right there. That's like something Chuck Norris would say, right? I mean, he's there. So, so what does it mean? Well, Elisha prayed something, and, and then something else happened. Here's, here's his prayer, and here's what happens next. Verse 17. O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. <laughs> it's great. The king of Aram, and he, he thought he was getting ready to dispose of one of God's messengers. He had no idea that his army was surrounded by the Lord's armies, and they had fire. They didn't have chariots. They had chariots of fire. If he even tried to touch Elisha, they were all going down. Can you imagine the confidence that helper had? <laughs> he wasn't frantic anymore. He heard the man of God 
speak about God and then and heard the man of God pray to God and then and his eyes were opened and he saw God at work. Listen, I, I can't promise you that the armies of the Lord are going to protect you from COVID or from heart disease or from cancer or from a dysfunctional family or from anything else in the world. I, I can't promise you that you're going to be protected from from all the different things that happened in life. But I can promise you this. If you are in Christ, you have every reason to be of good courage. Because if you are in Christ, whatever ultimately happens to your body and your life on earth, you are safe. Safe. How? Because Jesus of Nazareth was and is the Son of God. And he was born in a manger, and he he grew to be the man who voluntarily was crucified for the just and right penalty of my sin and your sin. Jesus, he, he looked and he saw our helpless estate And he shed his own blood for our souls, for our sin. And now our sin, not in part, but the whole, has been nailed to the cross and we bear it no more. And that's why you're safe. That's why you're safe. So, Have you surrendered your life to Christ? Is is safety your greatest treasure in Christ? Or are you still living in the pride of your sin? Jason Meyer said this, The glory of God and the pride of man will collide at one of two crash sites, hell or the cross. Either we will pay for our sins in hell or Christ will pay for our sins on the cross. Listen, we are pleading with you, collide with the cross. Because it's only in the cross of Jesus that you can find courage. Because it's only in the cross of Jesus that you will find a faith that will not fail, a faith that will not falter, a faith that will not forsake you, because it is a faith in the Lord of hosts, the one true God. And the Lord of hosts, he will reign forever. So listen, you can turn to God. You can trust God. You can have faith in God. You can believe in God, and you can be safe in God. It's, it's who he is, and it's what he does. The psalmist gives us another reason those things are true. In verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Who's Jacob? Well, Jacob lived about 3,800 years ago, and he was a punk. I mean a punk. And he would be with what we would call coming from a dysfunctional family. Trickster, huckster, manipulator. Those are some of the words used for Jacob. And yet, throughout the Bible, we we see that God was his God. How? I mean, was 
Was Jacob a, a hardworking guy who was handy with his hands, and so that's why God was his God? Was Jacob good with numbers? Was he creative? Did, did he have a, a good you know, charismatic leadership style? Or, or was he weak and, and slow and needy? You know, what was it about Jacob that made God be his God? It was none of those things. God was Jacob's God by grace. By grace. By grace. Listen, no matter if you are angry or afraid or apathetic about everything that's happening in the world right now, no matter if you are terrified of COVID or if you think it's all some political hoax, no matter if you think that state governors and college football commissioners somehow are, are being demonically possessed right now, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you have not done, it is impossible for anyone to be too far away from the grace of God. You are not out of the reach of the grace of of God, and that is fantastic news. That you too today could be captured by the grace of God. The amazing grace of God can find you no matter where you are, and His grace can take your heart and your mind and your and your soul, and He can keep them safe. God can be your refuge. He can be your stronghold. He can be your safety. That's who he is. The king of the universe is also the king of love. They're one and the same. And if you're in Christ, if you've surrendered to him, then that king is your shepherd. He's, he's yours. But we don't believe it. I mean, if we're honest, I mean, we, we don't believe it. We, we just struggle. We're, we're so defined by our senses. And we're, we really do walk by sight. We don't want to admit it, but we do. And so this, this notion that, that God is with us, that he's for us, that he's, he's keeping our souls safe, we struggle with it. And that's why it's so important for us to collide with the cross. Because the cross is this amazing, beautiful, stunning reality that God is with us and God is for us. It's the most stunning Reminder that God is for us. Listen to this prayer that Paul prayed for people like, like me and you. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him as a right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in the one 
to come. You can have confidence in God because in and through the cross, in and through Jesus, He has conquered sin and death. He has made the only way for you to be saved and safe and satisfied and free. You can be confident in Him. I can't line up a lot of people and a lot of things that you can be confident in, but you can be confident in God. He's the Lord of hosts. He is the God of Jacob. He is a stronghold because he's strong, because he's the commander of the universe. And the universe obeys his voice. The psalmist gives us one more word to encourage us. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Selah. What is Selah? It's not just a random Bible word. It occurs 71 times in the Psalms. It occurs three times in Habakkuk. So what does it mean? Well, we don't know for sure. It it could mean some kind of rest or a a pause, like be still and know that I am God. Just cease striving. Lay your weapons down. Just just be still. It could be a a pause and a rest. Or it could be like a, a musical term that means pump up the volume. Dance, dance, you know, just come on, get in there. Either way, it does seem to be a word that says, hey, don't miss this. Whatever you just heard, whatever you just read, those five letters seem to be saying, don't miss this. If you are not a Christian, we don't want you to miss this. Listen, with with apologies to anybody who works in the areas of TV or or internet or radio or social media or any of those things, please know this. We can afford to miss the next news story. We can afford to miss the next breaking social media post. Trust me, it'll be there again in five minutes. So we, we we can afford to miss the next one. But we can't afford to miss this. We can't. We can't afford to miss God. If you're not a Christian, we don't want you to miss God. We, we want you to feel this. We want you to know that the Lord is the Lord of hosts, that he's the king of the universe, that he's the king of love, that he's the God of Jacob. We want you to know him as your shepherd. So we would plead with you, whatever you've been turning to, turn away from and turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Have faith in God. He watches over his own. If you are a Christian, don't miss this. Don't don't miss this. Listen, everything in your life is going to pull you away from all of this. It's going to pull you away from the songs we're singing, the, the prayers, the preaching. It'll pull you away. As soon as this stream is over, something will pull you away. It might be a maple bacon donut, you know. Something will pull you away. So, so that's why we do this now. It's why we're gathered now. It's why online is not a waste of time. We are gathering to help each other be confident in God. So don't miss this. Tattoo these truths on your brain. Let Selah be your word this week. In any moment. Whatever you find yourself in, at the hospital, Selah. At work, Selah. 
in an argument with your spouse, Selah. In an argument with your kids, Selah. In an argument with your parents, Selah. When you're looking at the DHEC statistics, Selah. When you're looking at social media or, or watching the news, Selah. No matter what you face, no matter what moment you are in, let it be your word. We're not trying to do some mystical thing here, but it's, it's a real word. It's a real word in the Bible. It, it really has meaning. And it can draw us back in a moment. Those five letters can draw us back in a moment to have confidence in God. John Wesley was a pastor, a theologian, an evangelist. He organized and created gospel fellowships in, in England and the United States, and, and those fellowships became the foundation of what we know today as the Methodist Church. I was reading this week about the day that John Wesley died. He lost his voice pretty much, and, and it was hard to understand him, but, but not long before he died, he, he kind of mustered his strength together. And he called out this. The best of all is God is with us. And as the story goes, he lifted his hand with a a moment of triumph. And again, he said, the best of all is God is with us. Dear friend, if you're losing your confidence, you can, in Christ, still call out, even if you're by yourself in the car. The best of all is God is with us. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the God of Jacob. He is a refuge. He is a stronghold. He is our God. Selah. Selah.